the Lord. How many agree today? What a day that will be. Amen. How many is looking forward to seeing Jesus? Can we say that today wholeheartedly? I'm looking forward to see him and amen as the days go by even more so. Uh, the hour we're living in, I tell you what, uh, I'm feeling less and less at home because this is not my home. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You could be seated. Ushers, if you make your way forward today, we're going to lift up our Sunday school offering. And uh, I want to say while they're doing that there, that uh, go ahead and go through. Go ahead and lift it up, brothers. Go ahead. Um, appreciate, appreciate. Amen. Last night's service was just awesome. What a day that will be. Will it matter to you whether it's rainy? Will it matter whether it's gloomy outside? 
Amen. What a day that will be. I think in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, I don't think we're going to have time to worry about the weather. And if we don't have time to worry about the weather, we sure don't have time to make things right. So be ready. Be prepared. Amen. What an appropriate song today for our message for this morning. Uh, I feel like uh, revisiting here something the Lord has laid upon our heart. Philippians chapter 3 is where we're going to go. And uh, enjoyed enjoyed service last night. It was great to be. Uh, I don't know how some of you feel. I know I don't want to get into a mind thing here today, but uh, I miss night services. And uh, last night was awesome. Uh, I'd like to see us get back to the days where we can have revivals continuously, days in a row. Uh, we have enough, time, enough trouble uh, getting people to come to church just in the morning on Sunday. Amen, let alone any other time through the week. But the Word of God should be as important to us and the things of God and the people of God. Uh, God ordained us coming together. Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. That's what God has ordained for us to be, and there's power in doing so. Philippians chapter 3, we're going to pick up verse number 13. Philippians 3, verse number 13, very familiar here if you... Been around very long. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Somebody say understand. <laughs> we'll talk more about that in a minute. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Amen. How many know that's a good thing? I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect, somebody say complete, be this minded. And if in any thing you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. He'll bring it back to our mind. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us, let us mind the same thing. Verse 17, brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. Look at your neighbor and say, you're my example. I hope you're a good one. Verse 18, for many walk of whom I've told you often and now tell you even weeping, showing here, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Which whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, for whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is even he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Going back to verse number 13, uh, the Apostle Paul says, I count myself not have apprehended, but here's the title, this one thing I do. Say it with me. This one thing I do. Thank you. You could be seated. I think it's important to talk about heaven. 
I think it's important to focus on heaven, especially in the day and hour that we're living in. If we don't keep our eyes on the prize, something will get our attention. Amen. Paul's speaking here to the Philippian church. And let me say this here. The Philippian church uh, thought Paul was a spiritual giant. They looked at him as a spiritual giant. And to some degree, he was a spiritual giant. But he had to let them know and let them down in a certain way to let them know, listen, I haven't got to where I need to be yet. I think that's not, that's not being humble. That's being truthful. I don't think any of us, and I count myself the same, the more I learn, the more I find myself I need to learn. The more I know, the more I realize I need to know more. But Paul had to remind them that he was still continuing to strive to obtain a greater level in Jesus, in Christ. Now, let me say here as well, and I think it's important to address, we never, as long as we're in this fleshly body, I don't care how educated, how smart, how long we've been preaching, teaching, how long and how much we've got the Holy Ghost, I don't care about our age, I don't care about our experiences, we never arrive at the spiritual plateau we need to be in these earthly bodies. Where we can really just think about it, where we can pride ourselves in our Christian experience. We can obtain experiences. We can go through things in life that sets us aside or sets us apart for someone that hasn't gone through some of those or experienced some of those things yet. But we can't take pride in that because that's just a level. After that level, there's another level. And after that level, there's another level. After that experience, there, you know, another experience. And so it's, we just can't relax. Look at your neighbors. I just can't relax in our spiritual achievements. <laughs> Look at your neighbors say, never in this life. Don't get too comfortable in your skin. I know this world tries to tell you, oh, that's the best thing for you, is to feel comfortable in your skin. Don't let the devil trick you into believing that. Because the moment we do, we'll mess up. Paul says, I count not myself to have apprehended. Think about what he said. He said, I, I, I want you that think I'm a spiritual giant to understand something. I'm still learning. I haven't got there yet. I haven't arrived yet. And he said, because I have to reason with myself. I have to let myself know once in a while, listen, I'm not there yet. I may, some days I may think I'm about something. Come on, we have our high days and our low days. We have our sunshiny days and we have our rainy, gloomy days. But he said, I, I have to reason with myself. I have to stay convinced. Why? Why would he tell them? Because he's letting them know as well as us because he had not already obtained. I haven't got there. We haven't made heaven. We haven't got there. The best revivals, the best services, amen, the best message, the best things that we can obtain now, we haven't arrived yet. And so he says, listen, when we, because we haven't arrived, he says that means I have not apprehended. Look at your neighbor and say, we haven't either. We haven't either. We haven't arrived yet. We haven't got there yet. Where are we trying to get to? Heaven. 
Now, some will say, you know, I, I want to be with Jesus. That's fine. In fact, the song we were singing, I was thinking about, you know what? I don't need, I don't need, no, I don't need, if I make it to heaven, that's all that matters to me. I don't need to be escorted around and be shown what heaven looks like. I'm just glad to be there. I don't need a tour. And really, in this life, we ought to take pride and understand and reason with ourselves and apprehend that, hey, listen, I haven't made it yet. It doesn't matter about the streets of gold. It doesn't matter about, come on, it doesn't matter about the things that describe what heaven looks like. Being there, having obtained is the goal. Knowing that there's a heaven is one thing, but knowing how to get to heaven is another. Put up verse 12 again. The, let me go back to verse 12, chapter 3, verse 12. I, I didn't have that. I didn't read that initially, but I want you to see something that he says right prior to where I picked up but verse 13. He says, not as though I had already obtained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. Notice what he says. I follow after if that I may my I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Look at what he says. Look how he look how he frames this. Because he hasn't apprehended. He says, I've got to follow after. Before we get to the part that we like to quote, I press toward the mark for the prize of life. He says, I follow after. That is a daily routine. Come on, it's not once a week. It's not when I feel like it. It's not when I want to. I follow after, he says. Why? Because it's not me uh, that apprehends, uh, but it's what's got me. This has got me. And it's got me, and it causes me to go after it and follow after to go after it. He says, I go after more grace. Why? Because the grace I've obtained is not enough. I've got to have more. I've got to go for more grace. Why? So I can keep myself to realize I've not done enough. What I've done is great and fine, but I've got to go after more. I've got to follow after more. Why? Because that was yesterday's grace. I've got to have more to continue on so that I can keep myself in check knowing it, it's never enough. Come on, we get too satisfied too easy. Man, we get a little goosebump feeling service and man, that lasts me a week. Some of it don't last a day. Because, you know, in reality, wherever there's true grace, because we, we use grace like a doormat. We just wipe our junk all over it. We treat it horribly. We really do. But true grace, there, when we obtain that true grace, he's saying, there is a, a desire of more. I get hungry. Once in a while, you know, it's great to have good services. I'm glad some of you are getting all your little petrol that you need to get by another week, but that's not what it's about. We need to see souls saved. 
We need to see people baptized in Jesus' name. We need to see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in their life. Come on, why? Because I'm following what I've been given. I want more of what I got, but I want to see souls say, I'm not satisfied with just feeling good in church. My God, and even some people today don't even feel good in church. We're so nervous and full of fear. My God, don't touch me. I'm serious. The devil's been very good. We laugh because we read about the garden and how silly Adam and Eve was, but we're just exactly the same because the devil's telling us, oh, you can't do that. Don't believe God. And then we want to talk about faith. Oh, I believe God can move mountains. No, you can't. Because that little, that little molehill in front of you has got you stopped dead in your tracks. Woo, Lord. Check my jacket. See if my handkerchief's in there. I may break out into crime myself. Look, he said, look. Because it causes us to follow and pursue. It does. Now get this. Get this. Notice how the Apostle Paul says this. Look at it again at verse 12. Thank you, sir. You didn't touch it, did you? He said that I may that I may apprehend for which also I am apprehended of Christ. Now I looked up the word apprehended, to take custody, to understand, to conceive. He said, "Listen, it's not our laying a hold of Jesus first." It's his laying a hold of me first. Come on, God come to you. The spirit come to you. The drawing come to you first. There's something, amen, that charged you first. That got you going. And he said, I want you to understand, it ain't what we do, it's what he did. And God started it. And it ought to be in your life to where you want to be involved and a part of the things of Christ. He said, it's not our laying a hold of Jesus, but he, he lays hold on us first. How? He gives us salvation. God so loved us before we ever. He gave. Laid down his life. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. Real simple one-liner. We love Him. I love the Lord. Not because I went out and found Him first. Not because I pursued Him first. Because He first loved us. He first loved me. While, I, while we were yet sinners, Jesus laid his life down for us. Listen, while, whether people do or don't, he's already paid the price. Come on, we, we get all worked up if somebody pays for something for us and we don't get it. What? It was paid for? 
I mean, we'll go out. Listen, we'll, we'll, we'll go out of our way to go get something that somebody paid for. We will. We say we, we, we will. Jesus already paid the price. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't we want it? Why wouldn't we conceive it? Why wouldn't we take custody of it? Why wouldn't we want to understand even more? And this is what the apostle is telling them. Now, back to chapter 3, verse 14. Look what he says. I press. We, we love this part. I press toward the mark. What is the mark? Heaven. It's the prize. Come on. He could have said, I press toward heaven. He said, I press toward the mark. He said, I want you to understand. When you start something, you finish it. You pursue it. You go after it. You follow it. It's not something that you just lay around or, or give up on. He said, I press toward the mark. The mark is heaven. That's the prize. We're, our aim is to make heaven our home, church. Amen. Everything that we go through in life, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what we go through. What matters is we keep our eyes and we keep our aim on the prize. What is that? Making heaven my home. There's nothing on this earth worth losing out. Nothing, nothing. I can't say it loud enough or strong enough. Nothing. I'm talking about our family. I'm talking about our jobs. I'm talking about this world. There's nothing. It's about heaven. Paul says, listen, that don't make me a spiritual giant. That don't make me somebody. He said, I've been apprehended. I've been overtaken. I've been overwhelmed with it. I've been given custody. I pursue it. His aim should be our aim. On the prize. Pressing forward. Because listen, let me tell you something. The devil has just been awesome at deceiving people. I, hey, listen, give credit to credit to due. But it's because we listen and we cave in. We lose our eyes. We lose our aim. Come on, on the prize. Heaven. It's about making heaven. It's not about how much we make on this earth. It's not about how much we can obtain. It's not about how well I feel every day or how well I don't feel every day. It's about keeping my eyes on making heaven my home. <clears throat> because our Christian calling is a high calling. There's no higher calling. Listen, we've been called out of a world that's full of chaos. Evil. And can I say this? Can I tell some of us this? We're looking around now, and you know, between my dad and my generation. Oh, my God, it's worse now than it's ever been. Hello? It's always been evil. We're just living in times where it's perilous. We're living in times that's fulfilling the Word of God on a daily and weekly and monthly basis. 
And if we're going to openly say, man, I believe we're living in the last days, then we better start acting and living like it and pursuing it and keeping our aim and our eyes on the prize, especially as we grow older, especially as our walk gets slower. Don't run fast. I don't do what I used to do, but I ain't caving in. I ain't giving up. I ain't listening to the voice of the enemy that says, listen, you might as you better be careful. You better watch out. I've learned a long time ago, if people get offended, they're going to get offended anyway. If they're going to get upset, they're going to get upset anyway. They're going to find something. And like I said the other night, that's why there's churches on every corner. People don't like what's going on, so they go do their own thing. The house to house. But Paul says, listen, I want you to understand something. He said, we have to press toward our mark. What is the mark? It's the prize. It's the high calling. It's from heaven. It comes from heaven. It's the prize. It's what we fight for. It's what we run this race for. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, I'm keeping my eyes on heaven. Apostle Paul, he, at the end of this here, kind of gets a little bit dicey. You know, you start looking at the, the way he kind of words things, and, and he says, listen, he said, there, there's going to be followers, you know, they, they're going to, you know, try to tell you the wrong way, and there's gonna be, he starts warning about there's going to be false teachers, there's going to be those that uh, have seducing spirits that's going to be able to seduce people, talk you into things, and, 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 and convince you of things that just is just not godly. He, he, he shifts and begins to warn. He said, listen, that's why he starts out. You've got to keep your eyes on heaven. We've got to keep our eyes on the prize. Because if we've been apprehended, if we've been overtaken, if we have this like we need, if we have this grace and we understand the grace that God has given to us, then we've got to say, listen, it's more and more and more every day. Not less, but more. And, and, he, and he begins to close out this chapter by letting them know. He said, listen, there's going to be false teachers. There's going to be those that will seduce. Verses 18, 19. And obviously... <laughs> Think about this, because this is what hit me hard. And obviously, he's talking to those called by Jesus' name, by Christ's name. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the people that have converted, the people that have become believers. He's not talking to a world system. He's not talking to a bunch of dogma. He's talking to believers. Now, think about that. Think about how that impacts our way of thinking. Because he's talking to Jesus' name. He's talking to Christ's name people who are not followers and not focused on heaven. Who's just going through the motion. Listen, we can come in and have church. We can come in and sit comfortable in our pews and let somebody read the Bible to us. Amen. But that's not enough. Amen. We've got to let the Spirit know I came to worship. I came to worship in spirit and in truth. In truth means from my heart. Not because I'm prompted to, not because I have to, not because somebody else does. It's because I've been apprehended. I have what I have. 
Preachers shouldn't have to tell you, clap your hands. Hallelujah. Amen. It should be there. It should be a part of our everyday life. But when we can sit with our legs crossed, our arms folded, our mouths shut, amen, and not lift up, amen, one voice for Christ, amen, shout out hallelujah, amen, we ought to step back and say, listen, I must not be fully apprehended. I've got to be persuaded. I've got to know, amen, that this is worth everything today, that I can give God everything, everything I can give him. I'm not going to lose out. I'm not going to hold back. This is the greatest thing that's been given to me. The salvation I have. Hallelujah. It's God's glory, not mine, not ours. Matthew chapter 7. Let me wind down here. Verse 20. Simple little statement. Now look at this. Now some of you are going to read it to your advantage. You're going to say, wherefore by their fruits. Not mine. I don't have to. They got. When I'm acting a fool, they're the one that's got to act right. When I'm cussing and fussing, they're the ones that can't. When I'm away from the church, I don't have to dress holy or be holy. That's for them at the church. Oh, got quiet there. I don't have to think about godly things or godly thoughts uh, until I'm there. That's what they are supposed to do because that's the fruit of the Spirit. Ooh, Lord, I didn't know I was going to meddle. How are you going to know? Well, I, you know, they talk a good game. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to all of us. But some of us need to wake up. We can talk a big game about faith. We can talk a big thing about serving God. We can talk a big thing about being strong in the Lord. But we better, we better be careful because those fruits right there are going to tell on us. But what is that fruit? The fruit is your action. What you produce. Grit your teeth. Curl your toes. That's what I'm doing. Because when I go like this, there's three back at me. It's truth. He said, by their fruits, you shall know them. He said, listen, you're going to encounter people that seem like they got it together. Seem like they're all right. I love these people that get on Facebook and they talk real sweet and soft and slow. Jesus loves you. And he's there for you. Like, that's going to make a difference. It's, it's no different from that extreme than it is for me screaming. It's not the words. It's the action. Because when you have opportunity, take it. 
to show and do something, amen, fruitful for the Lord. Stand with me. Because he closes by talking about our bellies. And I'm going to tell you, you, you say it don't matter to you, you're a liar. Every one of us is a concern about this. I'm not talking about the size of it. I'm talking about how we invest in it. The things we enjoy and we like to do. When our minds are so overwhelmed with the pleasures of the world, we lose focus on heaven. Come on, I'm not talking about vacations. I'm not talking about about life. I'm talking about every day. I'm talking about when we lose aim on heaven and what we're really doing for God. This ain't about me just making it. And this is where the devil's been real swift and real slick about some of us in this. I'm not talking about another church. I'm talking about this church. Well, as long as you make it, as long as you make it, that ain't what it's about. That ain't what it's about at all. If you've been convinced that's all it's about, you making it, then you're, you might as well forget it. It's about testifying. It's about winning souls. It's about being an example. It's about being fruitful. It's about being frugal. It's about being faithful to the things of God, whether it's in our finance, whether it's in the way we carry ourselves, or whether it's at home, or whether it's at work. Amen. That's what it's about. Look at it. Because today, he says, some are only focused on their own appetites. There's people can't come to church because it's organized. Like God is some kind of unorganized thing. Well, you know, there's rules. Like God has never set boundaries. Try to get off this earth without a shuttle. He made it. Try to get out of the atmosphere without burning up. He made that. God's did this. Try to get along without the moon and the sun. The elements that we complain about. You see, I still have a well. I still pump water. I'm not dependent on the city. Thank God for rain. Because it takes a lot of it to drip down into my vein. Come on. We start focusing on things and we get our eyes off of heaven. And Paul says, listen, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is that prize? Come on, would you close your eyes right now? Focus for just a moment. What is that prize? What are we serving the Lord for? What are we called into what is the purpose? I know we got all these things and we, we rely on our talents and we rely on things. That's not what our purpose is. Those are privileges that we get to do for God. Preaching is a privilege of God. Come on, I don't want to make this world, I don't want to make things the God of my belly to make me happy, make me feel good. Purpose only to care for myself 
and only mind earthly things. I don't want to just obtain things. It's good to have things. It's good to obtain things in this world and have a nice home and vehicles. And as long as you can pay for it, as long as you can do it, as long as we don't have to be overwhelmed by it, as long as it don't distract from what God wants in your life. That's why Paul says this one thing I do. He says, I look for Jesus from heaven because he's coming again. He said, this one thing I do, he said, I live. I live it every day. This one thing I do, I look for the Lord's coming and watch for the deceptive vices of my enemy. The enemies of the cross. He says, this one thing I do, I know who my Savior is. Come on, we sing this song. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Would you lift your hands all over this? Come on, all over this class. Come on, all over, Lord. God, help me to get my eyes and keep my eyes on the prize. God, help me to realize, Lord Jesus, what this is really about. This ain't about me. This ain't about all the problems and all the chaos.